Hey, Pastor Brian here. I want to thank you for tuning in to Rockhouse Baptist Church Podcast. I hope this message inspired you. I hope it encourages you to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Now, for today's message. Today I want to talk about a little bit about forgiveness. In, in, in a different aspect of what we normally think forgiveness is, forgiveness is a word that the flesh does not like. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. We like to be forgiven, but sometimes we don't like to forgive others. Amen? They've done that to me or whatever the case is. They've tried to hurt my family or, or even from God. God... How can I forgive you that I'm going through something like this? When really we have it all backwards. It's God's forgiveness that's important. It's God's forgiveness that reconciles us to a holy God. That we have no other way to the Father except through Him. That being John 14 verse 6, I believe it is. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one shall come to the Father except through me. Amen. So this morning, won't you turn your Bibles, please, to Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Scripture says, When he entered Capernaum again after some days, it was reported that he was at home. Now he being Jesus. So many people gathered together that there was no more room, not even in the doorway. And he was speaking the word to them. They came to him bringing a paralytic carried by four of them, four men. Since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And after digging through it, they lowered the mat on which the paralytic was lying. Now you're talking about somebody wanting to help somebody get saved. Amen? Verse 5. Jesus, seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does he speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? But oh, did they know their God was. Amen? They're right. Only God alone can. But right away, Jesus perceived in His Spirit that they were thinking, some say questioning, within themselves and said to them, He did, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he told the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. What's that next word, verse 12? Immediately. Immediately, he, being the paralytic, got up, took the mat, and he went out in front of everyone. And as a result, they all were astounded and gave glory to God, saying, 
We have never seen anything like this. And I'm going to throw this on there. Some say before. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, in front of me are miracles. Miracles that were sinners dying, lost, and going to hell. But Father, through a confession of faith, you allowed us to be reconciled to you through a son who knew no sin but became sin for us that you would love us enough that while we were still sinners, you would die for us. Oh, Lord, I can't never repay you. And don't even want to try. But, Father, I want you to know that you are my King of kings. And for somebody here today that don't know you, online or in person, pierce their heart with this word, Father. Let it not return void. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So let's spend a moment on setting the scene here without getting into any commentary. Here's Jesus coming back to his pretty much his, his hometown here, the base of his operations. No doubt that at this time Jesus had to sneak in. He couldn't just walk down the streets uh, because of his popularity, whether good or bad. You know, sometimes popularity is not a good thing. <laughs> Take that home with you, teenagers. It is more than likely that uh, they're at the mother's house of Andrew and Peter here. And Scripture tells us that the house was overflowing. And I don't want to tell you where I've been part of a house overflowing. We were doing all the wrong things and I was trying to get to a certain thing. But I can just imagine being there with a house of overflowing people eager to listen to this man who some may know him as Jesus and Lord and Savior, some may not, Scripture don't tell us, but they know he is a man of miracles. Or why would they be there? They've known that the miracles, and if you go back and read Mark chapter 1 and 2, he, for, he heals a man, he drives out unclean spirits. There's all kinds of things that these people know that Jesus has done. And so now he has their attention because of the miracles that they've seen. But here's these four men carrying another man who's got an issue, a real issue. Actually, he's got two issues, if you're reading Scripture. And he's trying to get through the crowd. And then they notice the idea of, of, of getting him through the doorway is not going to work. This is not happening. Some people may never darken the doorway. Well, what else can we do to show them the love of Jesus? And I can just hear them talking and going forth, you know, just hypothetically in my mind. Hey, man, let's try this. That ain't going to work. Let's go through the window. There are no windows in this house. You know what I mean? I'm just hearing them. What about the back door? It's built into the, what? There is no back door. It's built into the, the mountain here. What? You know, I can just hear them going through it. Then one guy finally says, what about the roof? Then they were called thatch roofs that were made of dirt and from the, earth and they just kind of covered the roof up to deflect the water to run off. It wasn't like a roof that we would have nowadays. And I'm sure as they got on the, the roof, dirt started to fall through. Just like if we would hear somebody walking and I'm sure there was distractions and as good of a preacher as Jesus is, I'm sure when dirt was hit, hitting people in the face, they probably said, what is going on? Is this another miracle that he's got? And then the friends began to dig through the roof. The Greek translation would actually mean they unroofed the roof. They took the whole thing off. 
if you study on it. And they lower the mat with the man on it. And Jesus looking up at the friends, seeing their what? Seeing their faith. More specifics on who they are and their faith, but many people just think, you know, the faith of these men to bring someone to Jesus and the man trusting in the people's word about who Jesus is. And Jesus tells the man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Which is kind of a bit odd. Because the man didn't even ask for that. He didn't even come and say, You know, Jesus, I've heard a lot about you. <laughs> I've been thinking about you. You know, we don't know that for sure in Scripture. But we know this, that the man had a physical and a what? Spiritual illness. And many people at this time would think that it was attributed to his personal sin. That was a major belief back in those days. That this man had done something to bring this upon himself. So here's Jesus. We don't know the specifics about it. We do know this though. The man again has an issue and Jesus has the power to forgive sins. Don't overlook that this morning. Your greatest need was your spiritual brokenness. And you have someone who fixes that for you this morning. So Jesus says, which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to take up your mat and walk? So that you know that the Son of Man has the authority. I want you to hear that this morning. At the words of Jesus, mountains are moved. At the words of Jesus, diseases are cast into the sea. At the words of Jesus, miracles happen. At the words of Jesus, a sinner died and going, hell can't go to heaven like that. At the words of Jesus, the Holy Spirit can change everything. Amen? Amen. Amen. Scripture says they all were astounded. And they gave glory to God. All I want to thank is the scribes too. It doesn't say everyone but the scribes. It says all. And I believe every and all the words in here are true. Here and there. So this morning, I want to look at this scripture a little bit different than what we've looked at it ever before. Because I know it's a very popular scripture. And people's looked at it, studied on it. But this morning, I want to break this down into four different things. Number one, there is a central theme that I don't want us to miss. We're going to talk about it in a minute. Number two, there is urgent needs. Number three, there is characteristics of Jesus that we got to be careful not to overlook. And number four, I want you to understand what four faithful friends did for one man. So let's dive into it. Number one, here is the central theme this morning. I want you to know that the central theme of this whole 12 verses is the power of Jesus' Word. You can go through this whole thing right here, the Word of God, and from Genesis to the end in Revelations, it's about one thing, Jesus Christ and the authority that He has. Here on earth, 
and in heaven, here in your little feeble minds, and there in eternity. I heard a guy say this week, what if all you gave was all you had in heaven? What if all you gave to somebody was all you had in heaven? I'm not talking 10%. I'm talking, is that what you want in heaven is 10%? What if all you gave to someone is what you could take with you in heaven? But this man here, he had a physical need and he had a spiritual need. And by the power of Jesus' words, they both were healed. The man got up and walked. But what was more important is that the man left shouting, Praise the Lord, I am saved. Don't miss that this morning. His urgent needs was physical, obviously. It was evident. They carried him in on a mat. <laughs> I want to tell you this morning, if you, you come to know Jesus, you may not be carried on a mat. You was carried by somebody's prayers through that door to this altar. Amen? You was prayed for on a Wednesday night. You was prayed for on a Sunday night when there was ten of us in here. Your name was on a prayer list. I know his physical needs were evident. And I know ours are too. But his spiritual need was ultimate. So which was more important than his physical paralysis? The ultimate man's need was not to walk, but to be set free. To be set free, not from his spiritual, or I'm sorry, his physical paralysis, but his spiritual malice. He was struggling. We don't know exactly why he was suffering. We don't, we don't know that. But I know that his ultimate need was not a healing so that he could walk, but it was holiness before God. That's all of our needs. This is my ultimate prayer today, is that somebody would look at us and say, they are different. There's something a little bit different about them. Those folks at that Rock House church, there's something different about them. You know, they face world in a whole different aspect, a whole different view. I was talking to Sam this morning, and we were just kidding, and this is not even in here, Sam, but I got you on my heart, and she said, I, we was kidding. She said, I'm going to get you back for what you said Sunday night. Don't ask me what I said Sunday night, because I've had to repent. But I said, it's a good thing I don't remember nothing. Because uh, if you get me back, I say, I usually just forget it and go on about my business. We'll leave it at that. But I want to talk to you about the characteristics of Jesus this morning. We know that the man's needs were met. He had two urgent needs. He had a physical need. He had a spiritual need. But I want to talk to you about, talk to you about Jesus' authority. Long before Jesus ever stepped on this earth physically, there was a man named Daniel. And Daniel said this about who was to come. He said, I continued watching in the night visions. And suddenly, one, like a son of man, was coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days. You hear that? And was escorted before him. And he was given dominion and glory and a kingdom 
so that those of every people, nation, language should serve Him. His dominion is everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And His kingdom is, his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. Amen. I put my hope and trust in that. Not in what this earth has for me. You know, every headache and every, every cancer, every bad thing that happens to us just is a proven point that that was not God's plan for us in the beginning. That this world is not for us. God did not create you in His image so that you would be in pain. And regionally, that was not His plan. To walk in what? Harmony with God. He wanted more for us, but yet sin stepped in. But thanks be to God that He had a plan. Amen? Thanks be to God that He had a plan. And all morning my prayer has been, for He who promised is faithful. It's in Hebrews. I believe it's 9.23. He who promised is faithful. And, and I love the song. It said, I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. And then that first one gets me every time. <laughs> I've got Jesus. How could I want more? How could I, a sinner, want more? Somebody who's broken. How, what more do I want than Jesus Christ? But I noticed in Scripture that Jesus' authority wasn't just that He could say something and you can be healed. Although that's the most best, greatest news in the world. But he had the authority to read their hearts. Many of us stand back there gripping onto the pew, knowing I should be praying about something and asking for forgiveness and coming to the Lord. God knows. He knows our hidden motives. He, he reads our hearts. He lives in us. So he knows what's in us. Jesus had the authority to heal sicknesses. We take this for granted. May we never cease to be amazed that when Jesus speaks, like I said before, disease will disappear. When Jesus speaks, like I said before, miracles will happen. When He speaks, how about this? Death flees. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. There's nothing you're going to face that he hasn't went through. For we do not have a high priest that what? Can sympathize with us. For he was tempted in every way. Yet he did not do what? Sin. There was no sin in him. We put our hope in a pure, holy, blameless, faultless God. Who lives in us. Like I showed you last week. And then we're hidden in Christ. And because we're in Christ, we're hidden in God. Colossians 3. Don't miss this this morning. The greatest news of all is that Jesus has the authority to forgive our sins. Our ultimate need is that spiritual brokenness, that we need to be restored. Our problem is that we're separated from God by our sin. Paul says that what well, we're born into it. He says, I can't do any good in this flesh. It's in Romans. Sin is the ultimate root of suffering, and we needed someone to solve that problem. We needed someone who not only had power over disease, that at the instant 
it can be cured. Not only do we need someone who had the power over demons that could send it into the swine and run down into the lake because you know who knew Jesus was real? The demons. They knew that he was the son of God before many of us ever knew it. That was standing around him at that time. They knew the power of God. But the greatest news is this, that God did not leave us alone in a dark world. I love to hear Ezra when he goes to the jail ministry. He's like, if the room was completely dark and I flick this light on, this lighter or this match, all eyes go to what? To the light. All eyes go to the light. So when it's dark, Jesus is going to be that light on the hill that's not hidden, not placed under a lampstand. He himself, hear, hear this this morning and pray this. He himself came to earth for you, for Kim, for Gary, for Russ, for Tony, for Courtney, for Stacy. For Stacy, for Lily, for Elin, for Isla, for Lucy. And it just goes on. He came for you. There was nothing. He didn't know about you. He knew he was going to have cancer. He knew he was going to lose your dad. He knew he was going to go through this. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you. And here's the good news. It didn't stop there. He didn't stay dead. You know, he's the only God that you can go to his tomb and he's not there. And he offers it to anyone. And because of his love, I love what Romans 8, 38 and 39 says. For I am persuaded, Paul writes. Now you're talking about a man in prison, shipwreck, beat 39 lashes, like four times or something. It was crazy what Paul went through to get the gospel to you and me. To get it to you and me. He said, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come. I don't care what it is coming your way. He said you cannot be separated. No powers, no government, no nothing, no height, no death, nor death, nor any created thing. This created God that they're making us to want to believe it's not true will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The gospel is not just to believe in Jesus and believe that your diseases and your problems are going to go away like that. The gospel is greater than that. The gospel is trusting in Jesus and your sins will be gone forever. Your greatest need is forgiven. What more do you want than that? I know that we put a lot on this earth, but folks, better is one day in your court than a thousand elsewhere. The gospel is to know Him and that through Him to know that we are more than conquerors. God's forgiveness is our greatest gift. That meets our greatest need. And lastly, I want to talk about these four faithful friends. 
Can you believe this? That when Jesus saw their faith, we're not sure who they are. I'm assuming it's the four guys. But he saw their faith. And he moved a mountain. Your faith can encourage somebody. You know? When you go visit people and, and you have this faith that it's going to be all right. That you trust in God's plan above anything that these doctors of this earth has. Faith in Jesus unlocks forgiveness from Jesus. I noticed four things about these friends. And we'll kind of wrap it up here in a moment. These four things about these friends that we should have as we share the gospel. One of it is confidence. These friends just believed that if I can get this person before Jesus, that he or she can be healed. If I could just knock on the door and say, let me tell you about Jesus. There may be salvation for you. It's awaiting for you. If you would just hear it. Salvation comes by what? Hearing. How beautiful are the feet of those who what? Share the good news. I'll never forget. I sat right back there in Sophie's seat. And I was being ordained. And this man come in with a toothbrush and donned dishwashing liquid. And he scrubbed my feet. And I said, what in the world are you doing? He said, how beautiful are these feet? It's going to tell somebody that Jesus Christ died on the cross for them so that they may be saved. That's the gospel. First pedicure ever had, I believe. With old dirty toothbrush. These friends knew the power of Jesus. Russ Melton knows the power of Jesus. Kathy Hubbard knows the power of Jesus. Tony knows the power of Jesus. Tony ain't shut up since. Amen. Amen. I never met nobody likes talk more than me. Tell him. <laughs> Which brings about compassion. Not only were they confident, they had compassion. They loved that man on the mat, wouldn't you say? I mean, why am I going to carry Big Greg Collett up a roof? <laughs> Tony, up a roof. Me and Mac probably struggling, breathing every two steps, having to stop and say, Lord, help us. They wouldn't go through that if they didn't know the power of God and they didn't love that man. I've spoke with people on the phone and them in jail. And I'm telling you, God has compassion for you. Don't let the bars break you down to think that God don't love you. Because He loves you right where you're at. I don't care where you're at, He loves you. If it wasn't for these friends, hear this, that man would have only heard stories of Jesus. If it ain't for you and me, this community's only going to hear stories about Jesus. But what's more important, the truth or something made up? Well, I heard he was a pretty good guy. No, no, no. Let me tell you about him. Big difference. That's us. Let me tell you about him. As Tom Patterson said, I know I was there. I was there when God 
took my heart. I was there. These guys were creative. The friends had to be scrappy, you know? I wish we could just open the door, and there's a hundred, and I think eight, 35, 40 seats in here, maybe more. I wish they was filled to the brim. But there's one open every Sunday. They may not come right through that door for you to talk to them and share the gospel. You may have to carry Jesus to them. You may have to carry them to Jesus. You may have to have men's breakfasts. You may have to have women's groups. You may have to have church in the homes. Tony was talking about a story, and boy, did it hit me. I was almost crying. That night we was at Steve's when, when Tony said these two men come to pray for me, and I got mad at them because I thought they were saying I wasn't no good, you know? When all he's trying to do is save my life. I don't remember their names, but praise God, I hope that they're in heaven right now. If they ain't, I know where they're going. Amen? Folks, we got to get it out there. The world's beating us to it. The world's beating us to it. And they ain't telling the truth. They're telling lies. And if you don't tell them, who will? Last thing about these friends is their faith was contagious. I mean, you think about being that guy on the mat. and You've not walked all your life. And you've laid there and caught breadcrumbs and been talked to and spat on and told you're no good because your mom and dad sinned. And, and they, they were going to, to the abyss, to hell. And, and so you're paying for it. But then you see these guys grab you up and say, no, this ain't the end of the road for you, man. This ain't. I ain't going to let you go down like this. You're going to hear the gospel. You're going to meet the man of miracles. Don't you think he got to thinking there's something to this Jesus? <laughs> when I see Tyler and Tom and a couple of them just on fire for the Lord, I went, there's something about that. You know? There's something that's in them that I want. And they didn't have the money. I didn't, it wasn't money. It was Jesus Christ living in them. When I look at my father-in-law in Charlotte, some of these people have been faithful through all this stuff. There's something in them that brings them back to Jesus Christ. It wasn't the preacher. We struck out on a few of them. I'm not talking about the last guy. He was great. Or the guy. We're all sinners. We all fail. Jesus Christ. So I want to ask you this morning, I want to answer these questions. There's about four or five of them. You heard the story. You heard the gospel. Well, I want to ask you, which person are you? Are you the guy on the mat that needs the physical and spiritual healing and forgiveness? Or are you one of the four that's going to take someone to Jesus? Or are you one standing around Blocking the person who needs Jesus because you're not sharing the gospel. Why couldn't they turn around and say, hey man, Jesus is here. But they were too caught up in self. Don't be that person. Don't block someone for seeing Christ. Is it worth your time to lead someone to Jesus? Me and Brother Gary was standing up here a moment ago. And we were talking about if you only came to church on Sundays and you hear pastor preach for an hour, 
There's 52 Sundays, and say you're sick for four of them. That means you're in church for 48 hours a year. That's two days a year that you got Christ or heard about Him. Is that enough? Well, did you know that 10% of your time is what? 2.4 hours a day? Are you giving God 10% of your time? Are you praying two hours a day? Are you reading two hours a day? Are you serving someone two hours a day? On the phone, talking to them? God wants your time. Tell them how to spell time, Mount Man. L-O-V-E. That's what saved you. That's what's going to save the rest. It is more important now than ever to tell about the power of Jesus Christ. Right now, if we don't take it upon ourselves to hit the Facebooks, to hit the gas stations, wherever we are, to hit the schoolyards, you know what? If they take me down, I'll just go down. Right, Sister Kim? We'll just go down. I'll live off my, however much this church decides to give me, and that'll be fine with me. My salvation and my girl's salvation is the most important thing in this world to me and it should be to you it should be to you so I want to close with this question what will you do to lead someone to Jesus there's heartache coming there's progress in the pain my heart never hurt no more than, than talking to my mom but it saved her life amen and that's what it's about. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your anointment, Lord, upon all of us. Your blessings. Father, we have heavy hearts. There's a lot. A lot going on, but nothing that's caught you off guard. Lord, I love you. And I love Steve and Rosanna and everybody in this building. From the old stranders to the couches to, to the college, you name it, to the penitents. My heart breaks for anything that they go through. But Father, I know that there's a healer. I know that there's a comforter in the middle of the night. There's one who stands in the fire, who holds back the seas. Father, let your word not return void. Thank you for strengthening me. God, thank you so much for sending your only son when we were in a world of darkness that not only would he die, but he would be placed in a tomb and that that stone would roll away. And God, that he would come out of there for our justification for our sanctification. Lord, watch over us. God, lead us. It's in Jesus' most precious name I pray. Amen. Again, thank you for tuning in. You can also find us on Facebook.com by searching Rockhouse Baptist Church or you can go to our website, rockhousebaptist.org. Thank you for listening.